Welcome to Flex Ed, a podcast that embraces and encourages healthy conversation. This is episode one. I'm Ryan. This is my co-host, little brother, a man born to be my uh, spotter at the gym, Josh. We're just two dudes with busy lives, constantly trying to be healthier, happier, wiser, stronger, smarter, all that good stuff. You got to constantly be trying to improve yourself and be willing to learn. We got a lot to learn and uh, hopefully we can share some of that with you. That's pretty much the theme of what we're uh, doing here. Disclaimer, we're not health professionals. Uh, we're not professionals. We might sound like it sometimes. Uh, we're not Dr. Phil. We're not doctors or coaches or trainers. So we're planning on talking to many of those types of people and uh, to keep exploring and talking about what's going on in the world of fitness and anything and everything remotely related to fitness and uh, taking care of our health. Anybody, you know, that's cool and has something to share and, well, is smarter than us. That's probably a whole lot of people, right? So we've wanted to do this podcast for a while because... Well, we love fitness, we love taking care of our bodies, and we kind of have a bit of a fascination with it, and there's not a lot out there that I really enjoy listening to in kind of this genre um, that just encompasses fitness, uh, all the things that go into it, and just being generally happier people, and the process that goes into that, so we figured why not make that podcast. Josh, fill us in a little bit on your backstory, a little bit of get to know your co-host. All right, you know, growing up, I didn't care about fitness. I loved soft drinks and eating sweets and things like that. Still do. You're not the only one. Ended up joining a gym just on a whim one day. Had no plans of dedicating to fitness or anything like that. Um, the more I got to talking to people and meeting the members and meeting the staff and the trainers, the more I got interested in it, the more of a passion it sparked. Um, I ended up going to a bodybuilding show a couple years into it, maybe two years into having a gym membership and getting to know those people and seeing the dedication that people put into those. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's, you can't just do it on weekends. You can't just do it here and there. Uh, having a passion for fitness is, is a different life. Oh, it um, absolutely is too. And I, I've seen some of this again, you know, seeing you grow up and seeing you get into this, I've never seen you be more dedicated to anything up until that point than when you fell in love with the gym. Uh, you started training, you know, um, with a trainer, and you seemed to learn a ton and just took off with it. You, you became addicted to the gym. You know, I got I got very passionate about it, and then life ended up getting in the way, and uh, fitness kind of took a back seat for a little while. Between work and finding finding a balance between everything, having a kid. Having a kid, definitely. Uh, right, and, and a lot of people can probably relate to that, you know, when it comes to life and uh, trying to incorporate taking care of yourself with everything else that goes on in life uh, can be a pretty tricky equation, so sometimes you can fall off. The important thing, though, right, jumping back on. Once we started going on runs, you know, I, at first I hated it, and then you've kind of got me more into the running aspect, and it adds a whole new level to fitness. Yeah, it does, and that's something we're still pretty fresh when it comes to running. I wouldn't even call myself a runner, uh, so to speak. Like I've, you know, I think I'm in love with it now. I've still got a lot to learn. Um, you know, I'm starting to be able to get a decent amount of mileage in a couple times a week, and, and not feeling like I'm going to die, right? Oh yeah. And I know you've come a long way uh, starting this summer too. I mean, so a little bit of my backstory going into this too. Uh, again, 
Similar, grew up not real into working out or anything like that. But, you know, once I did get started, which again is, is really the big process, the, or the, the biggest part of the process, right, is just getting started. Uh, the hardest part for a lot of people, and that's from my experience, you know, getting started. Our bodies are designed for a whole lot more than what we use them for typically. And uh, when we do put our bodies through a little bit more work, and we eat foods that make us feel better, that are better for us. Maybe not always the deep fried stuff here in the South that we all love to eat. You can do that sparingly too. So, you know, and just making it a priority to be good to yourself and everyone around you, you know, you definitely, you feel a difference from all that. And I'll be honest, all the way up until maybe my third year college, uh, working out was not even in my vocabulary. I used to pound Cokes like they were going out of style. You mentioned that too. I think we were raised pretty much with just a love of Coca-Cola. I loved a good cherry Pepsi or Dr. Pepper every once in a while, too. You know, that stuff's terrible for you. So that, along with all, again, the delicious foods we've grown up eating, I would make all kinds of excuses possible to not work out. Now, I've always loved sports, and I've always loved playing sports. I just never really trained my body for anything like that. I would get real red in the face whenever I did cardio. I had no idea what I was doing in the weight room. I've always been a pretty happy person, but at some point I realized that it could use some work, and so could some of my habits. So I stopped drinking sodas. It was one of the toughest things I think I've done in life, which sounds almost kind of weak, right? Like that's the hardest, one of the hardest things you've done. You put down Cokes. Yeah, dude, it's hard. It's that sugar. It's You get so addicted to sugar. And I would, you know, I was one of those people that was like, well, I'm eating, I'm having this good meal right here. I can't just have water with it. I need a Coca-Cola, you know. I need a good old soda to wash this bad boy down with. Make it count, right? And Again, I've heard that a lot. Like, a lot of people you talk to say that they can't imagine eating a meal without some kind of sugary drink or soda or juice. But once you do, it, your taste buds are numbed to flavored, basically, because most of the things we eat have insane levels. Right, it's just, it's thick, it's syrupy, and it is good. I like a Coke, you know, every once in a while. It's rare. I maybe have a couple of years still, only if it has a little jack or something in there, right? So, you know, not encouraging, you know, drinking, but it's it's good, you know, like anything else in moderation. But again, you know, you stop drinking Cokes. When I did it, it wasn't easy. Totally worth it. You don't even, you don't even want those bad boys once you kind of find that addiction to drinking water, which actually quenches your thirst. Right? Unlike sodas, where they just want you to keep pounding those things. So I did that. Started learning how to work out, you know, at home at first, right? Sit-ups, push-ups, pull-ups on those little bars that go in between the doorway, which are kind of sketchy at first, too, right? I was afraid I was going to pull the whole door frame down. Uh, But started doing that stuff and watching videos on YouTube. It's amazing what you can find online, you know, because... Basically, I wanted to get a little bit of a foundation laid before I went to the gym and looked like an idiot. And uh, that's fairly normal, actually. They say 62% of Americans say that they work out at home to get them to the point of feeling ready to go to the gym and work out in front of people. That same survey found 45% of folks feel that they're being judged when they're working out in the gym. That number seems low, too, right? Because I had a weird social anxiety type thing whenever I first started at the gym and Honestly, I still do. I think it's probably normal. Is that normal for you? Like you, you, you think about people watching you work out at the gym, right? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's not 
Not just like people are watching me work out of the gym because I have these huge guns. No, exactly the opposite. Right. I think most people look at you and think, uh, you know, in your own head, you think, oh, people are wondering why I'm even here. You know, why? people are right. thinking, you know, the workouts he's doing look ridiculous. That's that's hor- horrible form. When in reality, if people are there to work out and work on themselves, they're not looking at you. They have nothing yeah. They're not focused on you. They're focusing on themselves and building themselves. Because the important thing to remember, I think, right, is we're, we're going to the gym to improve and to learn. And so if you walked right in there and you're a pro from day one, what's the point? Nobody is a 100% a pro when it comes to health because we're all in there working on something. And uh, nobody's living to 200 years old, right? So we're still figuring some things out. I don't even know if you'd want to live that long. But, you know... I especially whenever I'm in there, I'm thinking about people watching me when I'm working on like a new exercise and I don't know the form right. And I'm trying to do that. You know, you can channel that in a good way too, right? Because sometimes people, maybe they are watching your every move. It's likely though. And there's some studies and some things I've read on this too. As much as we think people pay attention to us, they really don't care. Like a lot of times where I think that, you know, the the big buff dude across the gym may be watching me and thinking, what is this dude doing? Has he ever even been in here before, right? He's not. He's probably worrying about his form and thinking the same stuff. Who's watching me? What's going on? And that's not what you're in there for, right? So, you know, you can take it. And what I'll do sometimes is even if somebody isn't watching me or if I'm in there by, by myself, you can still use that to think, all right, visualize myself from that angle and use that to kind of work on my form. Or use it as motivation, right? Channel that energy in the right way. And use that to improve on some anxiety issues even, right? Like I think just the process of learning to do that and be comfortable in your own skin, a lot of that can be worked out in the gym with a lot of other physical things. And that happened to me. Uh, You know, I don't know if that's the same for you or not. Yeah, and a lot of these people, you get in the gym and you think that everybody's judging you and you think everybody's making fun of you. In reality, they're not focusing on you. A lot of them have, you know, the same situation that I have. People think that I'm pissed off a lot of the time. People think that I'm, you know, in a bad mood. It's just my resting face. And I've heard that before, too. And, like, you're one of the most gentle people you'll ever meet. If you don't get along with you, there's a problem a lot of times because you're, you're, you're usually super chill, just trying to get by in life, do your thing, stay happy. And, uh, you know, you don't have a lot of issues with most anybody. But I've heard that from uh, people, you know, that I work with, too. And they'll say, you know, I saw your brother in the gym. He looks like one angry individual, but it's almost like this this person that you channel when you get in the gym, am I right? I try to, at least. I try to stay focused, and that's, I mean, maybe it contorts my face a little and uh, makes me look a little goofy when I'm trying to stay in the zone. Yeah, you can't help that. You know, it, it, it comes naturally. But a lot of the time, the people that are in the gym that are already fit, they're very genuine, nice people deep down, and you just have to to start a conversation with them. I've saw the same thing. A lot of them, uh, I mean, they're like us, right? They share a passion. And especially when you see each other in there, a lot of times, uh, similar days, similar times, a lot of those folks like to talk about a lot of the same things you probably want to talk about. And they're usually there wanting to help you out. Oh, they're very willing to help out. Any any people that compete or people that are really into fitness, they love to talk about fitness and they love to get other people involved in fitness. So if they see you doing something with the wrong form, I would almost encourage them to come up and say, you know, hey, you know, you're doing great. This is how I would suggest you do it because you could possibly hurt your back doing it that way. Or, you know, 
little tips like that. And they're the perfect people to ask if you have any questions because they're not going to turn you down. They're not going to get angry. Maybe if they have headphones in, don't interrupt them in the middle of a set. But Right. That's that's important. And that's some gym etiquette you'll learn along the way, too. Um, yeah, so segue from that on into where we're at today, uh, what we're looking to do. We'll talk about some of that. So currently, we do a lot of working out together. You know, we've taken up running. You have uh, started pretty much at the beginning of the summer, and you've come leaps and bounds. I've been running for about two and a half years now, and I still have a long way to go. And my dedication levels, especially this time of year, get tested because it's it's easy to go out and run in that beautiful weather. Uh, but we're starting to find running in the cold, Josh. How do you like that? I, uh, I'm i not a fan. I'm not a fan. Um, I hope to continue doing it and adapting and getting better at it. But starting out, it's it's a struggle. So we're looking for people to help us with some tips on that. We'll be talking, hopefully, to some uh, runners to get some uh, good tips on running in the cold, running in the hot, um, the proper equipment to wear, anything and everything like that, enhancing this knowledge about fitness and about all the things that go into it and uh, sharing that, right? That's what we're here for. You're listening to Flex Ed in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Henson Oakley Family Dentistry on West Jackson Street in Cookville. They're now offering Zoom teeth whitening. Now for the workout of the day. Yeah, we, we work out uh, together quite a bit. Today, for example, uh, we took off. We ran two and a half miles to the gym. We got there, and we've done a lot of our isolation training earlier in the week. So today was more of an overall body with a focus on abs, which turned into a whole lot of abs, decent amount of legs, and then a two-and-a-half-mile run back to the house. Uh, so we'll share a little bit about what we did. So again, we ran there. Um, we did sit-ups. Originally, we did 50 with a 45-pound plate. Then we did 50 reps with no weight into 100 reps with no weight to get the sit-ups out of the way. How did you feel about that, Josh? I liked it. Uh, starting off with the 45-pounders, of course, the first couple, you know, 25, 30, you don't really feel too bad. But when it got toward the end there, started to get a little gassed. And the sit-ups, I think, get the blood flowing. And we're coming in out of the cold. Well, it was like 50 degrees when we took off. By the time we got there, though, I feel like the temperature started dropping. Oh, yeah, it was around sunset. Yeah, it was starting to get a little bit cold. Um, so we started with, uh, again, some high-intensity uh, sit-ups. We jumped from there uh, into some superset, right? We did uh, some leg extensions into some seated curls. So we hit those bad boys, three reps apiece on that superset. Uh, we ended up getting into some transfers. Uh, Josh, please elaborate on how much you love doing transfers and uh, working out that core. I would say love is a strong word. Uh, the transfers are a great exercise. Can you explain uh, for the person that doesn't know what the transfer is that we're talking about? Okay, the transfers will throw a couple plates on uh, the back extension. Right, so you're on the back extension uh, piece of equipment, right? So yes. Where you can either hang forward and do those back extensions, or you can turn uh, the opposite way where you're facing up on it. You're leaning back where your legs are locked in. Basically, uh, the pad is on just a 
just about at your torso, maybe uh, it should be just should be just your under your glutes. Okay, so, so your glutes up should be suspended in the air, and then you're hanging with your upper half. Yeah, and what you're doing basically is you're rotating your abs, keeping your core tight, and you're grabbing a 25 pound. Is what we did today, four 25s, picking it up, pulling it off of the bar, rotating around, putting it onto the bar. You're doing that, so you're transferring all four. Then you transfer all four back, and we did. Five sets of that. Yeah, it's basically just Russian twists, but it gives you a little task to do. So it keeps your mind off of, you know, the repetitive notions and kind of keeps you more engaged. Right. And I feel like with the, like, the more intensity that I do it with, the easier it is, like the slower you do it, which I try to concentrate on that sometimes, especially with the last few to make sure I'm getting the form right. I'm not going to hurt my back, which it feels like sometimes. Um, because you got to be very careful with a lot of these core workouts, especially when it comes to throwing weight around like that. Again, disclaimer, um, take everything you hear with a grain of salt. We're not pros, but we're certainly looking to learn and we're going to just share some of the things we do. You can compare and contrast and, uh, tell us what we're doing wrong when it comes to that. We're looking to improve and, uh, share some of those experiences. So from those though, we jumped into lying leg curls, which, you know, we did three sets, Nothing crazy, right? 40 pounds. Uh, but we did each leg. It was isolations. And it was a rep of five into negatives. Not awful. Those things got tight. The hammies got a little tight once we got done with that one. Went into some planks. And this is where uh, we cashed out for the day. We pretty much ran most of our energy out. Uh, we did planks, which, you know, yeah, big deal. You did planks. So we thought we would mix it up with our ab workout today our core workout by doing these planks with 45 pound plates on our backs again for a lot of people that's probably not very impressive uh we obviously don't do that a lot though so uh josh we did three of those a minute a piece with a 45 pound plate on your back did you love those i tried i tried to love them the first one was not bad uh i loved it I was getting into it. About halfway through the second, that love started dwindling a bit. Right. Well, the, you know, you're, you're basically, you know, for a, a plank is uh, what a lot of people refer to as, what, elbows and toes, I've heard of it referred to as, where you're doing the basic plank position. You're keeping most of the weight on your elbows, on your toes. We're men, so we didn't use a yoga mat, but that probably could have helped, right? Because where you start struggling initially, or for me, 45's on there, first 30, 35 seconds, I thought, wow, this is not as hard as I thought it might be. I'm listening to some nice, relaxing music, uh, which I like whenever it comes to like focusing on your core and keeping it tight and trying to not focus on the timer in front of you. And about that 35-second mark, I start feeling gravity sucking me into the carpet. My elbows, I can start feeling that pressure on the carpet a little bit more. I start tightening up the legs to try to take some of that. And you really start working on that balance and keeping your core tight. And then it just starts, you just start trying to not look at the clock, not look at the stopwatch, keep your core tight, hope to power through it. Because, you know, 60 seconds is only 60 seconds, but man, it can seem like an eternity sometimes. But then once you, if you do look at the clock, say you look at the clock and it's at 45 seconds. Once I get past that 30 seconds, I'm going to make it to 60 seconds if it kills me. Going to make it, right? Like, if I get to 50 seconds and I drop, I'm going to be thinking about that tomorrow. It's going to it's gonna haunt me 
for the rest of the day. Oh, right. There's even a point where I think, like on the second one, where I looked over, and I was like, 36 seconds? I definitely thought I was almost done with this. But at the same point, I was like, there's no giving up. I'm past the halfway mark. 36 seconds is going to turn into 40 real quick, and it's 20 from there. And honestly, uh, if you've ever listened, uh, you heard of David Goggins. You've heard of him on a bunch of other bigger podcasts. I think he lives up the road in Nashville. And he has this thing where he talks about where we only go to about 40%, right? Uh, that's a real thing. And it, a lot of us probably don't even go that far where it's like you hear mind over matter. I've learned with a lot of things, and especially when it comes to working out and actually holding yourself accountable, mind over matter is a one of the biggest deals out there when it comes to running, right? I told you that when we first got started, and it's something that I had to figure out pretty quick. You, you know, you get out there, and again, I couldn't get a full mile without stopping, uh, you know, at first, but, you know, you start there and you build on it. And the one of the biggest things I had to learn, too, was to not get so mad at myself for not being good at something that I never really practiced before anyways, right? Like, how could I be mad at myself for my running when I never practiced running? Exactly. And you got to celebrate the, the small victories with it as well. Like, uh, you know, when we, when I first started running with you, I'd run maybe half a mile and I'd stop and walk for a little bit. And then I'd get, you know, get another half mile in and I'd have to stop and walk a little bit. But I think it's really just setting in your mind that, okay, yeah, I can do this and setting small goals like, hey, I'm going to run and I'm not going to stop until I get to that pine tree. And then once you get to that pine tree, you notice you still have some energy. Well, I'm not going to stop until I get to that stop sign at the end of this road. You get to that stop sign, you still have more energy. And just continuing that and continuing that and pushing yourself further and further past that 40%. Yeah, and it sounds dumb, but I play little games in my head too. Where it's like, And I've shared some with you. Like anytime I get to a hill, I don't care how cached I am. If I get to an uphill climb, and especially a lot of the same runs we, we hit, we have a lot of uphill runs that are pretty grueling. I murder them. That's my mentality when it comes down to it. That hill, I'm going to make it mine. Like, I'm going to murder that hill no matter what. So when you pass me on the side of the road and you see me running down the sidewalk, if I'm heading an uphill, I probably look like a some kind of psycho killer running down the side of the road. But that's all right because I'm usually concentrated and I'm just worried about murdering that hill. And on those uphills, kind of you, you get that feel for, like, what is a safe speed, you know? You can't go too fast on an uphill anyways, but, you know, that's one of those things. I try to attack it. Another little, and this sounds dumb, but, like, so, you know, you're running. You may notice sometimes, like, if you see you're running down the sidewalk and there's a driveway there. Like, I'll dip into it and I almost use it as almost like, uh, you know, when you play Sonic the Hedgehog and you'll run and then you'll hit one of those little turbo boosters and you pick up. I'll think of it in my head as that. It's almost like a little boost. Little tricks go a long ways. Um, you know, my little tiny brain, that's how it works on my runs. I can trick it, and uh, we can trick our brains. That goes a long ways into that mind over matter thing too, right? Uh, what we believe a lot of times ultimately is what we're going to get. Oh, yeah, and I do the same thing running. I, You know, if you think it, you're you're going to be able to do it, and you push yourself harder and harder as you go along. And I'll think of, you know, you kind of got to think of it as you're just destroying this workout. If you think in terms of how do I look right now while I'm running, well, you probably look kind of goofy. You know, you're you're gassed. You're pushing yourself past your limits. 
you're not going to look like a model. Right. When you first start too, and that was a big thing for me. Like I'd, I worry about, you know, what, what am I going to wear? What am I going to wear when I run? What if I get uncomfortable on my run? It was more so that than it was for appearances. But then at the same time, you know, you'll have that thought like people are going to see me running down the side of the road, probably looking like um, I'm really, really struggling. But, you know, honestly, what I've learned, too, is when you get out there and you start running, you forget about that other crap real quick. It's like survival mode. Your body kicks into that gear and you're just getting it down the side of the road. And then, you know, sometimes I'll get that feel. It's like, yeah, people see me going and running down the side of the road, but hopefully they get some kind of good motivation out of that, right? Because, like, now I have a lot more respect for the people that I, I see running down the side of the road, right? Where sometimes before I even had real bad mindsets about this stuff. Like, I'd see somebody running. I'd be like, oh, good for you, bud. It's hot outside. I have no idea what you're thinking. You're out here logging miles and sweating. Screw that. I'm going to sit in the AC and watch some Netflix. Uh, but now, you know, you get a respect for that. And, you know, now I'll see a guy and I try to do my best to stay out of his way. Um, I'm way more careful of runners and stuff on the side of the road, which, you know, people need to be aware of that too. Uh, yeah, people need to wear bright clothing and things like that when they're running after dark. But at the same time, you know, there's a sidewalk there. It's meant for people to walk or run down it, man. Stay away from that thing. And a lot of people do. There's a lot of good folks out there on the streets that pay a lot more attention than I would have thought before I started running. Um, but that's just, that's just one of those things that you, that you, that you learn in, in doing that. Right. And so again, I, I do the same thing. I'll try to watch out for them. And now when I'm run, when I'm driving down the road and I see somebody getting it, I'm like, good for that guy, man. He's getting his work in. And if I haven't gotten mine in for the day, I feel like I need to get on that. Right. Oh, it's definitely inspiring when you see somebody else out there pushing themselves and and getting it in for the day. Um, if I see somebody out running, you know, of course I'm always inspired and good for them. They're they're putting in the effort and they're getting at it. And if you know, if somebody sees you out there and they want to make fun or, you know, judge you for looking goofy while you're running, I let them. Yeah, guess what? You're out there running and they're not. Exactly. You're out there bettering yourself and you're pushing and they're driving home to watch TV or do whatever. Yeah, and maybe not. You know, maybe they're driving to the gym or something too. But at the same time, I guess what we're trying to say, don't worry about that stuff. And that's something that you're going to initially, but that's part of the process. You know, if you want to get better and you want to take care of yourself, which I encourage everybody to do so, uh, you know, we won't get into religious beliefs, but mine says that we only get one body. And uh, we need to do our best to take care of it. And it's not you know, necessarily living a life to take care of our body, but taking care of our body to live a, a better life. And that's what we're all about here. Tell us about your workout at FlexEdPod on Twitter. Remember, FlexEd brought to you by Henson Oakley Family Dentistry, West Jackson Street in Cookville. They now offer Zoom teeth whitening. Make sure to catch us in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Arnold Schwarzenegger once said, the resistance that you fight physically in the gym and the resistance that you fight in life can only build a strong character. You're listening to the Flex Ed Podcast. When it comes to fitness, one of the most important things is uh, worrying about what you put into your body. So for us, we try to meal prep and that's something that's a big thing you can find all kinds of information online about meal prepping 
Uh, we're going to try to share what we're doing because we're, we're constantly trying new stuff, too. They say the variety is the spice of life, and so you want to constantly mix that up so you're not getting tired of what you're eating. We'll share what we're doing this week, and uh, going forward, we'll try to share those with recipes, some grocery lists, things like that. And uh, again, I encourage the community and uh, folks just to, to share some info that they have. If you tried this and you like it, let us know. Uh, what we're doing this week is something that we do a lot of weeks. It's a staple in our diets as far as meal prep goes. The main dish that we're going to be doing for lunches this week are carb sweet potatoes. Our veggies are going to be Brussels sprouts, maybe a little bit of steamed broccoli. And uh, we're going to do some grilled chicken in there too. So about 30 to 35 grams of protein at least in that chicken breast, which a good-sized chicken breast I think contains about 30. So you may want about a chicken breast, maybe a chicken breast and a half, depending on the size. Um, again, portion out your Brussels and your sweet potatoes accordingly, whether you're looking to lose um, or whether you're looking to gain. You know, you want a little bit more of each. But portioning goes a long ways. Getting into how we prepare these things, Josh, uh, go ahead and hit on the sweet potatoes. How uh, how do you usually like yours prepared? I usually like uh, some baked sweet potatoes cut into fries. You know, you can take some some sausage dip with them in. Maybe a little uh, some light barbecue sauce uh, is my personal preference. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't always like sweet potatoes. It's something that I've learned though. It's very universal. Like you know, you can decorate up with a little bit of cinnamon. It's not too bad for you if you just put a little bit on there. Uh, you can put a little bit of salt and pepper on there when you bake it. So there's a lot of ways you can do sweet potatoes, but I've learned to really like them. It's a good complex carb, um, you know, good for retaining that energy for a workout later in the day, which is one of the main reasons I love to include it with my lunches. Um, and then the, the Brussels sprouts. I didn't grow up liking Brussels sprouts, but I love Brussels sprouts now. Josh? Oh, yeah. And most people don't even eat Brussels sprouts. They don't know if they like Brussels sprouts or not. But the thought of them is not really appealing. They, they don't really funny. have a very good reputation as far as taste and flavor. As far as health, they're they're awesome. They you know, yeah. I mean, they're good for you. It's a good green to to add in there to the mix. And then with chicken, this is a big time staple in almost all meal prep. You'll hear people, oh, I'm so tired of eating chicken. Look, I, I've eaten mostly chicken for most of my lunches for years now, and there's so many ways that you can do chicken. I don't know how you could get tired from it. Like, um, you know, you can grill it, you can bake it, you can fry it if you want to do that. And I mean, you don't necessarily have to fry it with a bunch of breading on it. You know, you can pan sear it, whatever you want to do with chicken, you can boil it. Um, you can put it in a crock pot. There's so many different ways you can do your meal prep. That's what I'm trying to say. So we'll, uh, again, this week, sweet potatoes, Brussels sprouts, grilled chicken, basics, maybe a little bit of something you can dip that chicken in, some barbecue sauce. It's not too bad for you. That's what we're going to be going with this week. A lot of times we'll do meal prep for breakfast too. My favorite though is just being able to wake up in the morning, get my head straight, cook some fresh eggs and coffee and stuff just first thing in the morning, get that stuff ready to go. And just the process is kind of part of that getting going in the morning type deal. And just something about freshly cooking some good old eggs in the morning. Oh yeah. And it, it, it really is a great way to start your day and it wakes you up and gets you feeling better about how you start your day. If you are able to wake up a little earlier, get some good, you know, a good spinach omelet, throw a little bell pepper in there, nice hot cup of coffee, big glass of water, very important. Oh, right. They say that if you wake up in the morning, right, and you just chug a full glass of cold water that, and I don't know all the science behind this, so don't fact check me, but I've heard this multiple times, 
that if you chug a full glass of cold water first thing in the morning, it's the equivalent of a cup of coffee as far as what it can do for, for boosting that wake up. Really get your body going in the right, morning. Right. And, and, and on, it makes sense. Water is crucial. I mean, it's one of the building blocks of life. Right. You need water to survive and you need to stay hydrated. And there was even another study that was saying, uh, so first thing in the morning where we wake up and we drink coffee so early, maybe you don't need to do that right off. And I'm not talking about fasting. We'll get into that at another, you know, that's for another podcast, for another episode. But that if you wake up, you just have water until about, say, 9 a.m. If you can hold off on that coffee until about 9 a.m., they say that that is the best way to optimize your body's way of waking itself up. We'll talk about this more in detail at some point, but there's natural things that go on inside your body when you wake up in the morning that help you get awake and alert and that you can kind of let that kick start and then bam, help it out a little bit about 9 a.m. once it stops that process. Otherwise, they say that we can hinder it a little bit with the coffee. So like the coffee's going to wake us up, but we're not naturally as awake as we could have been before that coffee Therefore, maybe you don't ever just get fully there either. And we can go into all kinds of other things when it comes to being fresh in the morning, right? Another big thing that that I've learned is that when that alarm goes off first thing in the morning, and uh, again, we live together. I hear yours go off multiple times in the morning. So you're a fan of the snooze button. Is that correct? I am a huge fan of the snooze button. Too big of a fan. And let me explain why that's uh, not a good thing. So... When you snooze in the morning, I don't know if you're familiar with sleep cycles. Have you studied these? Not as much as I should. We will. And, it, you know, maybe we can even talk to a uh, somebody that specializes professional in that field. Yeah, we can do like a sleep study. It'd be kind of weird, though. I, don't, I can't imagine myself falling asleep in a glass room with people watching me. Maybe. I have trouble falling asleep alone at home. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. So with that, basically with your sleep cycles, you go through all these different cycles. Um and you'll go into deeper sleep at certain parts of the night um, to kind of optimize the way that your brain recharges. So you, you'll go to sleep in a lighter sleep. You'll fade into a deeper REM sleep. And then, you know, you'll go through different cycles throughout the early morning. And as you approach that time that your body normally wakes up, because they say it's a good thing also to try to go to bed and wake up at consistent times, not always feasible for a lot of people. I know how that goes. But if you can do that, your body will get on that clock. And then so right about that last hour before you start waking up, your body kind of eases into it, right? So that you can pull out of that sleep in a light sleep and be fresh and everything else. But when you, you do that and that alarm goes off and your body's used to getting up at that time, you snooze, you fall back asleep. It feels good, right? It does, but you're not getting that deep sleep. That's you're where I'm getting prolonging. To. Well, you will. So a lot of times when you snooze and you fall back asleep, you'll fall back into a pretty deep sleep. The problem with that, you're then waking back up out of that when the alarm goes off. They say it's also bad on the heart, like having to hear that alarm. And you can feel that some mornings. You ever woke up and be like, oh, my gosh, especially when you wake up super early. Yeah, it can make a difference. But I tell you what, I don't have any problem going to sleep. They say in life, never skimp on these two things, right? You've heard this before probably, right? Your shoes and what? your bed and your bed because you're always going to be most of your life in one of those two things your shoes or your bed so make sure to put comfortable things on your feet that are going to support them especially when you're out doing running and working out and wear the proper footwear for that activity and 
when you're sleeping, you want to be sleeping on something worthwhile that's going to support you. No matter what your different style is, because some of us need more firm beds, some need softer beds, some need cooler beds, some need warmer beds, and whatever different environment you have. But you want to make sure you invest well in those two aspects of life. Because since I bought, I got a new king size bed, uh, what, a year ago. Man, I've never slept better. The only problem I'm having recently is I don't want to get out of bed. So I hold myself accountable in the morning. The alarm goes off. I get my feet on the ground, out of bed and either start my morning routine or jump straight to the shower if it's a real rough morning. But, you know, that that's important. And I think one thing that'll be cool to hit on is talking to people about their morning routines and sharing just different things that go along with that. Living life, working things out, figuring out uh, this thing we call life and the best way to go about it, and uh, taking care of our bodies. You're listening to Flex Ed in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center. Henson Oakley Family Dentistry on West Jackson Street in Cookville now offers Zoom teeth whitening because we need to be taking care of those teeth too. Now back to some healthy conversation. So Josh, one thing we've been talking about a little bit of sleep and to uh, piggyback off of that, something that I've been real interested in is some of these recent studies about sleep and the links that it has between getting a lack of sleep, Alzheimer's, and dementia, which are two real scary words, right? But we've we've all experienced some of that with somebody in our lives. Oh, yeah. We all know somebody that is experiencing Alzheimer's or dementia or something related to those. So you've probably heard of uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She's She hosts a podcast. She's uh, well-known in uh, you know, the, the field of medicine and health and uh, has a lot of real good info. And a lot of the stuff that she's talked about recently, something specific I saw on Twitter, she had retweeted a story uh, from thescientist.com, which basically talks about those links between dementia uh, and a lack of sleep. And goes deeper into that, though, that some of these studies actually say that in our deep sleep, in that REM cycle, that your brain every 20 seconds in the healthy individuals that they studied I don't know. It doesn't specify that they studied non-healthy individuals, but it says in the healthy individuals that they studied, their brain secreted this chemical every 20 seconds during that deep sleep that basically kind of cleansed and helped kind of rebuild and uh, just keep good regular maintenance on the brain, which is, uh, I mean, that fascinates me, right? That's information that makes a lot of sense, especially if you've woken up in the morning and had to do stuff on a lack of sleep and you just feel groggy. Um, thoughts seem to take a while to process. Your words don't come out right, um, which can sometimes just be a regular day for me too. But especially when you don't have a lot of sleep, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And I, they've linked these things in the past. You know, guys that have had that mentality of, you know, hey, I've got time to sleep when I'm dead, you know, and they just constantly work and work and work. And I respect a good work ethic. But I think research is saying that we need to be putting more of an emphasis, all of us, on making sure that we're getting good sleep. Because think about that, right? So when I mentally picture it with a little bit of brain I got, I just picture, you know, like this brain and it has a little sound effect, like one of those, you know, those little uh, scented things you plug in the wall. Squirts out a little scent every 20 seconds. Psst, bam. Secretes that chemical into the brain, and it kind of washes, goes over it, 
gives it a nice little chemical wash. Uh, I guess safe bodily chemicals for the brain. Um, washes it, helps in repair and stuff. Because throughout the day, these brains don't shut off, man. I mean, some people it probably does. You, you probably know a few people where you're like, are they even using that thing? But for a lot of folks, man, it goes constantly. Uh, and I don't know about you, Josh, but I feel a lot of times like just sitting down, especially after a long day of work and talking all day, and sometimes you got to get home, you just got to sit in silence and kind of get your thoughts together, and you can feel that mental fatigue a lot of days. Am I right? Oh, yeah. There's, there's nothing like a nice, quiet evening after a hard day of work, gathering your thoughts, you know, reflecting on the day, things you want to learn from, things you want to, you know, advance in your life, and really taking time to, to, to just be calm and not sit on your phone and not, you know, be plugged into constant stimulus. Which is a subject that we could talk about hours on end. We will. We'll hit more on that at some point as well. All right, so as we wrap up the first ever edition of the Flex Ed Podcast, a podcast encouraging healthy conversation, I'm Ryan. I'm Josh. For now, all we have is a Twitter, at FlexEdPod. We'll share from there and on future episodes about all the other social media that will be out there on. You're listening to Flex Ed in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. We'll see you next week.